Steamers. Welcome to the last episode of Series 1 of the Creative Steam Podcast. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it's finally arrived. And I feel like it's blinked and it's gone. Goodness me. Today we're talking about how to navigate the struggles on your coaching business journey. Joining us today, we have bestseller author, speaker, coach and certified Canfield Success Principles trainer, Sanai Floyd. Sanai works with passionate service-based entrepreneurs and coaches all over the world who are ready to break through to the next level of success. She helps them master psychology and strategy to increase their impact and income. I have also personally gone through a couple of Sanai's programs, Blab, Build It Like a Boss, and Piff, Paid in Full, and can speak firsthand how Sanai really has your back and wants to see you succeed through her amazing teaching and guidance. She also ran an amazing masterclass in the membership of Creative Women's Mastermind on the Law of Attraction, which I know is also a passionate topic for Sanai. She's one of the most authentic and honest online coaches I know who shares her struggles, breakthroughs and expertise and is incredibly inspiring. So welcome to the Creative Steam and thanks for joining me in the sauna today, Sanai. Oh, Amanda, <laughs> I'm welling up. <laughs> oh no, don't. I can't Thank you. tissue. Thank you for that introduction. Wow. <laughs> pleasure, my love. Pleasure. Well, well deserved. Well earned. <laughs> so growing a business is not easy. It's hard graft. It can be easy and fun, but we like to make it more difficult sometimes. And there are mindset gremlins to work through for sure. I mentioned the struggle bus in the last episode and how I had been the driver of that bus in the past. You may have been the passenger or sitting near the back, but one thing I know for sure is that it can be really hard to be the driver of the abundance bus when you're in a black hole of despair. And the entrepreneurial struggle is where we're going to pick up that conversation today. And more importantly, how you can navigate those struggles on your business journey. So tonight, I'm really looking forward to talking to you today to talk about navigating these struggles because it is a maze for sure. So tell us initially what the main struggle was for you or was there a jumble of them? Like where were you on the journey and what was happening? Okay, so... I would go with the jumble. <laughs> I think yep. I think that you know the 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 core thing that I really want to get across when it comes to struggle is um that we need to embrace and maybe reframe struggle. Um because when I look back over my sort of I guess the last five and a half years since starting this entrepreneurial journey and driving the bus as you say the struggle bus I think as I look back, and it's always with hindsight, isn't it? We have this gift of hindsight. Yeah. I look back at every one of those struggles as being lessons, turning mm-hmm. points, moments that, you know, I was being given an opportunity to grow and respond differently in order to kind of get to my next level. But I didn't recognize that at the time. And so I perpetuated the struggle and often drove myself into off the edge of a cliff you know took my struggle bus completely off the edge of a cliff and and you know and I now see that I recognize that through um, my clients and also now I feel when I get into a state of well I call them challenges now I I feel well equipped to navigate them and this is partly why I want to help people to to recognize and navigate themselves through challenges (laughs) yes well they are like you say it's about reframing it and actually recognizing them now as a gift because now you're able to help people through them 
But actually, at the time, it just feels so hellish, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, absolutely. It feels horrendous. And, you know, you asked, was there any sort of particular struggle? Well, for me, I think the the key struggles along the journey have been really struggling to get clear on on what I bring to the coaching table. So really the niche, the ideal Mm. client, you know, I know that's a huge struggle for so many coaches. We're multi-passionate. We have so much we want to share. We've been through so much. We don't know which parts of those are the relevant parts that give, you know, that will make us credible and, and experts, if you like. Yeah. Um, so that was certainly a key part of the struggle. And then once I got over that, then it it was the keeping money, making money fair or fair enough, but it was keeping it. Mm. Um, and, you know, as you know, a lot of my story is about diving into debt and just perpetuating debt. So I felt doomed to fail because I couldn't clear my debt. So that was a huge part of a huge struggle for me and just feeling perpetually in lack and scarcity that mindset was a real struggle yeah well I think I mean I know I know your debt story which is incredible actually and I'm, I'm going to ask you about it in a minute but I th- yeah I think those two key areas are definitely nailing down the ideal client and money mindset but in amongst that is pricing leveling up and and sort of almost catching up with your own success as well yeah so it can be a tricky one and like you say it's not just earning it like whenever you get a sale it's like yes I've made a sale and then you know all of a sudden it's gone because you know you've got bills and everything else you want to pay and invest in and like in invest in yourself and your training and your education and then you're almost back to square one so (laughs) I would love I would love to dive in to your I know you're paid in full how your program came about and I'd love you to share that story actually if you don't mind because I think a lot of us are in debt. I was in debt. And thanks to your program, I am now out of debt. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, and, and it really helped just having that community and actually committing to getting it paid off. And we're all different. We all need different things to help us do that. But your program helped us for sure. So I invite you to share your story in terms of how you started your paid in full how did your paid in full program come about yeah sure Uh, you know and it was all just serendipitous (laughs) things just started to unfold but the the point of you know when I reached threshold and I think you know you all know you know this feeling of enough is enough in any area of your life when we reach a point and for me Mm -hmm. um, I'd been in debt for 23 years hadn't really acknowledged it at that point but I'd been in constant debt. Um, the irony is I come from a financial services background. Um, so very aware of the irony there, helping people yeah. manage their money. Um, but when I started my business, I did make a lot of investments and continue to invest. And But just um, reached a point where I was, well, for all 23 years, I was Every new year, I set a New Year's resolution that this was the year I was going to be out of debt. And I think yeah. the key clue in the in that statement is that every year. <laughs> yes, that sounds familiar, I have to say. It didn't work. Um, and I honestly tried every app, every budgeting methodology, every strategy to get my money into shape and get out of debt everything I tried the mm-hmm. lot over those 23 years and just nothing worked. And this is why I felt... Like, this is who I am. I'm doomed. I'm, I'll never get out of debt. 
Um, and then I reached a point, and it was only sort of early 2018, so not that long ago, when um, I maxed out inadvertently. I tried to pay for something. It was only a small thing, 150 pounds or something, um, mm-hmm. and it got declined. And when I double checked my credit card, this was my, my biggest balance of 18,000. I'd actually gone <sighs> over that um, and literally had no credit available to me. And just in that moment, I could feel it in my body now, just like the blood wow. drained out of my face. And I just, I just was went into some kind of shock um, and fear and didn't know what I was going to do next. And it was a few days later, I was chatting with a, a coach friend and we've coached together. So she knows me well. And mm. hence that, and I hadn't, by the way, I hadn't told anyone about my debt Nobody knew. I was carrying this all by myself. Um, It was my secret. I just assumed that one day I'll pay it all off and no one need ever know. Yeah, It's it's like that, isn't it? It's like a a big, dirty little secret and there's a lot of shame around it. A lot of shame. And so I was having a conversation with someone and she just happened to sense my agitation and just asked me what was wrong. And I said, and I was like a pressure cooker and I just started to unravel and I told her that I think I've got about 35,000 in debt and you know and I've maxed out and she said she said to me something that at the time felt really shocking but it was a bit a weird thing to say but she said you must be so strong because so many people who are in that amount of debt um, commit suicide And it was like, oh, my goodness. So anyway, ended the call. I did a little bit of research on the back of that conversation and realized that, you know what, people do. People, people, you know, can't live with themselves. So that was really my point where I just said, I need to do something different. And I made a decision in that moment that in the next six months, I'm going to pay this debt off. I don't Mm. know how. I've been trying for 23 years, but something has to change. And so I put myself, I call it, I put myself in a Petri dish, literally chose to use this as an experiment. And I set Mm -hmm. myself a goal that if I do this and I break free and I clear my debt, then I will share how. And that was how I journaled every day and recorded everything I did, every thought, every feeling. And that became the basis of the book, Paid in Full. Um, and I just recognized during that six months, it took me nine months to pay it off. I wasn't 35,000 in debt. I was actually 50,000 in debt. So I didn't even know how much debt oh I my life. had. Um, yeah. So within, within that period of time, I recognized, as you say, Amanda, shame. Shame mm-hmm. was my dominant vibration. And by yeah. denying the debt, pushing all the negative emotion and overwhelm that I had around it down into the pit of my dark recesses of my belly where I couldn't access it that was Mm. the vibration active and when you have an active vibration called shame you're going to continuously attract anything and everything that is a match to that vibration that's the the law of cause and effect the Mm. law of attraction and so all I was doing that's why I was stuck with debt and attracting more debt because of the shame frequency so I had to free myself and it's and again it comes back to who you're being so I had to clear the shame and in order to clear the shame you know there's lots of processes that we 
you know, that I talk about and share, but that's the first step. You've got to Mm. clear that out. Once that's gone, then you're starting from a level neutral playing field. Then you can implement the strategies and the apps and the budgeting methods without that stress and shame. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and it ended up being a really spiritual journey. And, you know, and it changed my life in every way, not just the debt, but in every way. That's fantastic. I, I do love your paid in full story, which is why I wanted you to share it, because it is incredibly inspiring. The fact you paid off 50, 50 grand's worth of debt in nine months is... <laughs> Way to go, Sanai. Like, I'm telling you people, this girl walks her talk. Woman, sorry, woman. Why am I saying girl? Woman. This woman walks her talk. (laughs) So how long were you in business when that point came where you realized where you couldn't spend the $150 on the credit card? Yeah, three years. Three years. Three years. Yeah. Okay. So I'd actually had a six-figure year in those three years. And I'd actually had five-figure months. And this was the thing. It doesn't matter how much you're earning doesn't Mm. matter it's irrelevant when you've got the toxicity and the association with debt like I had what kind of created the downward spiral was I'd hit an upper limit which you know we'll talk about just around the struggles but I hit an upper limit I then I hadn't made any money for a few months in my business so I was backpedaling and backsliding so it was it was like this I think in a way if I think about again my 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 theory, if you like, around struggle, there's always lessons and signs leading up to the ultimate struggle, you know, leading up to that enough is enough moment that we don't, we ignore, you know, Jack Canfield calls them the yellow flags. If we ignore the yellow flags, then we get the the big mother of all challenge show up (laughs) because it's like the universe is saying, you know, wanting to grab you by the shoulders and shake you and say, wake up because you're not listening, you're not noticing the yellow flag. So there were so many yellow flags leading up to that breakdown moment or breakthrough moment. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'd had several months of not earning anything and I was spending big in my business. Yeah. I, I, I just investing in the everything and everything, courses, programs to try and sort myself help. out. Yeah. 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 And it's quite often we've got the answer, isn't it? We just need helping through that sometimes yes. and through that, navig- you know, navigating that path because it's not easy. It's and not. You, you do need people to highlight what's going on because you can't see it yourself all yeah. the time. Yeah. Blind spots. I mean, too, yeah. Too right. yeah. Oh, they're all over the place. Aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there ever a moment then that you wanted to quit the coaching business or Um, go back to the payroll like given that you had all that amount of debt to pay off um yeah I had two significant moments so I've I've always thought even if I had to go back to paid work I would somehow keep the business going um and but there were two moments where I I did actually think I can't do this anymore and both of those times I actually went through the whole process of of putting an application in for a job um, both of them back in financial services. One of them was, you know, in a call center. Just, just wanted to feel like I was doing something, anything yeah. to get some money through the door. And, um, and both of those occasions actually were complete rockets <laughs> up my yeah. backside, so to yeah. speak. Um, because the first time I walked into the this big glass building, AXA, I, I went had to get, you know drive all the way up to Glasgow for my interview um walked into this glass building and just felt instantly triggered (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I can imagine yeah, that. Yeah, I totally failed the interview. It was an awful interview. <laughs> and I walked out and I was I was buzzing because I, I just knew that I needed that experience to shake and wake mm-hmm. me up. And I went yeah. back to the drawing board of my business and just kicked on massively and had like a, a, a spike and an uplift. And then again, I went back, I went for an interview, I got the job and it was the day I had to ring to agree my shift because it was a call centre. Um, oh and I rang to say these are the shifts I wanted and I heard my voice saying, I'm really sorry for wasting your time. I'm not going to accept this position. And, the, the you know, my deciding factor was if I'm going to give my, give 35 hours a week of my time to somebody else to pay me the equivalent of, you know, whatever I was going to be paid, then why don't I give 35 hours of commitment to a business that I'm really passionate about and just do it, you know? And so I think Mm. I, I, I drifted a bit. And then when, when I had to go for the job interview, that was the kick I needed to go, no, I'm not doing it. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. And I will add, you know, for, if you feel like that's a point that you're at, there is nothing wrong with going out and getting a job and supporting yourself just through some real turbulence. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that at yeah. all. And we do what we need to do because we're passionate about the business. And, and as long as we, we we don't ever throw in the towel and jack it in and completely walk away, which would be a, you know devastating for most people who are passionate about their business, getting a job, there's nothing wrong with it. That's what you yeah. need to do. You know? Exactly. Especially at times like this, you know, everything's a little bit uncertain, isn't it? So, sure, sure. Although, although I'm going to tell you something that I believe that this is a, a awakening. Yeah, I think this whole thing is happening because I think the light's trying to come through. That is certainly my belief. Yeah. Oh, you've given me chills. It's so true. Yeah. I totally, I totally. I'm so. I'm really excited about it. I know there's a lot of horrendous things going on, but actually, I think it's also the light coming through. Yeah. So come on, light, come, come on, on hurry up, <laughs> hurry up. Yes, shine. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. So going back to the, you know, how to navigate the struggles. I know you've identified three core areas and I want you to talk us through the first area about that and how we navigate it sure well I think the the first the first area of struggle that so many entrepreneurs hit um, is is one of the key struggles that comes fairly early on in the business journey so whether you're sort of 12 sort of six to 12 months in um, when you start your business, you're on this real excitement, this upward trajectory, like learning anything new. This is a massive mm. learning curve. And so the first area, well, I call these sort of um, categories of struggle, if you like, I call them the gatekeepers of growth, because when you can recognize them for what they are, they are all growth. So mm. the first one I've called the plateau is the plateau and the plateau is when we have gone through a period of massive learning it's there's so much excitement there's massive enthusiasm you're just like taking so much in and it's just mega you know you feel incredible you never want to lose that momentum you're just on that upward roll and then suddenly it all 
stops, you lose momentum, you feel completely scattered, you feel completely overwhelmed, you've <laughs> lost that ability to take any action. And it's like wading through treacle, you know, that feeling yeah. of like, I want how I felt last month back, and you just yeah. can't seem to. And it's like you keep trying to take in more and more. So the plateau really, what, what is going on here is it's, this is a perfect sign that your mind and body have consumed so much new information that now it needs to integrate that information and let it kind of penetrate your DNA so that it becomes you. Yeah. So that information and in, knowledge you've taken in actually gets a chance to embed so it's like, you know, imagine pouring water into an already full glass. Of course, it's going to overflow. It can't take in any more. That's mm -hmm. your state of being when you've gone through the upward trajectory and you hit a plateau. So, you know, that's why you're struggling to concentrate, you're struggling to, to, to focus, and you're struggling to keep taking action. So yeah. how to navigate the plateau? This is where you stop consuming and you start creating. Yes. Amen. If it's just baby steps, you know, and I know a lot of personal development junkies, I am one of the personal development junkies. You know, you, <laughs> Me too. We can, we can actually spend all our time gazing at our navels and reading personal development books and going, oh my God, that's me and peeling all these limiting beliefs without actually taking any action and moving yeah. forward. So, to navigate the plateau, start creating, start implementing some of the stuff you've learned until it literally becomes you who you are. And then when you've when you've ridden the plateau for long enough and it's all embedded, then you you'll emerge the next level you and ready to take on the next level of learning. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. And yes, it's so true. I think we're all guilty and I will stick my hand up we're all guilty of consuming and not creating yeah. and I think the danger of consuming too much is apart from what you said we just seem to well me certainly I can fall into a comparison hole very easily yeah and it's not pleasant and so I almost have to limit how much I consume now and what I have started doing actually is turning my phone off in the evenings so I'm not just endlessly scrolling yeah yeah so I'm not just saying oh I could do that I could do this no actually stay in your own lane create from what you've learned like you say and go and show the world what you've got to offer yeah yeah and I think it's such a good idea to just switch off, you know, all your notifications in the evening, because how quickly is it, you know, how easy is it, should I say, to lose an hour getting oh. sucked into the scroll? I'm guilty of it. So there's no judgment from my part. Everything I talk about, I've done and worn the T-shirt. So, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> probably be the driver of the bus as yeah well. <laughs> exactly you know so yeah it's it, it is difficult to navigate and you do have to in, install some disciplines for yourself yeah. your own mental health as well yeah absolutely and self-discipline actually that's a that's a topic I need to definitely read more about I'm I'm quite a focused person and I'm you know certainly productive and self-discipline I would if anybody can master that and bottle it, you would be a millionaire, billionaire, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, but I think the only thing I have learned from self-discipline so far is that pr you've just got to keep practicing, practicing.
practice, yes. practice, practice. And the more you do it, the more you ingrain your routine and habits, the more it will become your new normal. Yeah, absolutely. And it is the self-discipline is only difficult for that period of time before it becomes a habit. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> so I'm, exactly. I swear by trackers. I have to say, yes. I, have, I, I am the tracker queen. So I yeah. whiteboards, those whiteboard sheets, and they're on yeah. my wall, and I will create a quick chart, and just you know, I will cross off every day that I do the thing that I need to do mm. that, that requires Fantastic. discipline. And they call it's the I think it's is it Jerry Seinfeld. He shared this method. Um, and he said what he had to sh- write. He wrote, he committed to writing a joke every day for however, well, forever. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. And every day him. that he wrote a joke, he put a cross on his calendar and something happened where something happens in your brain whereby you, you, it's no longer about writing the joke. It's about keeping the, the pattern on the arch. On yes. the track. <laughs> yes. You don't want to break the pattern and that. <laughs> suddenly you know changes everything and it's it's true it's true yeah exactly breaking that chain yeah so talking about the second area like the second gatekeeper of growth yeah talk talk to us about that okay oh man this one is a doozy (laughs) yeah I did like this one (laughs) yeah this is the dark night of the soul and man this is where you've been through a, you know, a lot of people will go through this. I went through this personally after a retreat in Sedona. Um, people will go through some kind of healing program. You might have gone through your own process of deep dive, you know, soul searching either with yourself or a coach. But it's having emerged from a something really deep cleansing healing. And the dark night of the soul feels dreadful. Um you know, even though the the experience of going through the healing was beautiful, you now emerge feeling completely lost, weepy, yes. depressed. You um, you may start engaging in old and not so healthy coping mechanisms, such as overeating. You might start, mm. you know, drinking a bit more or re-engaging back in toxic relationships that you thought you'd you know walked away from. So it's a really it's a depressing period of time. It's not long. But when you know what's happening, um, you can navigate your way through it much gently. So basically what's going on here is the dark night of the soul signifies that in-between phase between the old and the new. So as a result of that healing process, you've shed some layers of an old identity, but you've not yet emerged into the new identity. So it's like that no man's land in between. Yes. So it's incredibly intense. It's really dark. But actually, when you emerge, it's so beautiful. It's so it's like you just it's like you've, you're the butterfly. You've emerged. Your wings have grown. You, you feel fully emerging into the light. And so yeah. that's, that it, it's beautiful. But you just have to go through that dark night of the soul. So in order to, to navigate it, sleep, <laughs> self-love and compassion. There's not a lot. Yeah. You can, there's not a lot else you can do, actually. You just need to allow your body to integrate that and, and shed the old identity. So making mm. life decisions during this phase is an absolute no-no because <laughs> you're not going to make good decisions. You're going to make decisions that are mixed between the old identity and the new identity. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the dark night of the soul is is powerful. It's a very real thing. 
Um, yes. You've just got to give yourself so much love and compassion to, to come out of the other side. I can totally resonate with that. Yeah. And I must admit, actually, I... Um, I became financially free, independent a few years ago. And actually, you helped me through this. And I don't even know if you remember this I call. I do remember the call, actually. Do you? Yeah. yeah. You told and me you were mortgage free. And I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. But I felt completely rudderless as well at the yeah. same time. It was really weird. And I couldn't navigate it. And bless you, you reached out to me. We had a call and it really helped. But yeah, it's I, I could not get back on track. And I realized I'd kind of lost my purpose in a way because, you know, we're all on this treadmill and, and hamster wheel, whatever you want to call it, paying our bills every month, paying this mortgage. But now all of a sudden I find myself free of that with a house. And like, oh, right, now what? It's almost like I'd retired 20 years early, but I wasn't ready to. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Very, very bizarre. And luckily, with your help and you know, looking after myself, I managed to get myself back on track and start creating Women's Mastermind. And here I am today. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I actually, looking back, so much came out post that Dark Night of the Soul for you. And, and you know, that's just, again, proof that you'd stepped into that next level of, of who you are. Yeah, so you could express exactly. express yourself more fully. And actually, just while I was listening to you there, you reminded me of... Um, something Tony Robbins talks a lot about as you're getting close to reaching your goal, whatever that goal is, what he does is he actually starts planning the next goal. So he doesn't ever allow himself to have hit the goal and then go, now what? So it's like this constant like overlapping of goals. Ah, do you know what? I think you've just identified something in me. Because, <laughs> yeah, see, this is this is the magic of Sinai, people. This is what she does. She's got like weird skills. <laughs> no, awesome skills. Um, because I got to the end of my goal for launching this podcast and I, I and it's like I fell off a cliff again, a little right. bit rudderless, but not not anything like the, the scale of when I had my house. Sure. And I thought, right, I've launched it now what what's the next thing now what? and I I had two or three weeks where I just could not gain momentum I didn't know what well I did know what, what my next goal was but it wasn't kind of a tangible thing like mm-hmm. a podcast is although it's not physically tangible but do you know what I mean it was very odd yeah. yeah so yeah so thank you for that I will take that so I always plan the next goal before this one comes yeah, to an end absolutely keep them overlapping good. <laughs> good good thank you I'll take that okay so talking to us about the third struggle yeah. Oh, sorry, how to navigate the third struggle. Yeah, okay. So the third struggle is one that has been with me for so long. It's been one of the probably the biggest and long term. So the other two are quite short hits that you can navigate. Now, the third one is the up level ledge. Now, the frustrating thing about this one, and this is these are sort of the symptoms, if you like, of the upper up level ledge is that you can be stagnating in this this shallow water for years um months ideally but sometimes years and just not making progress so it's almost like then you've started your business you've had that upward trajectory you've you've hit a plateau you've gone through that you're still on this next level upward trajectory everything's like exciting Um, Mm. And you kind of settle at a new level comfortable. 
in your business. Yeah. So you you establish your routine of showing up and doing these specific things. You establish your routine of how much money you you kind of generate and that's sort of hitting the ceiling. And so everything feels comfortable, but then you start you're producing mediocre results. And you always want more. And I certainly mm. always wanted more, but I was kind of at this mediocre level, but just in a com- new level comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, and you don't know what to do because what you've tried in the past hasn't worked, or at least for any length of time. Um, what I also noticed when I was sort of stagnating, if you like, is that um, I would have these little blips, like success blips, where I had have like I got invited to speak in Amsterdam it was a paid speaking event and it was phenomenal and I was so excited and I came back thinking no I'm on my next level trajectory and then I just hid I I sort of shrunk back so it's like success is hard to maintain because you're you're kind of oscillating in a comfort zone Mm. Um, so what the upper level ledge signifies is that you've created a new normal comfort zone You've experienced some success that makes you think you've made it, but then you've hit some rocks that shook you as well. So now yeah. you're in that new level comfort zone, you're playing safe. Um, what I also found, and I see this quite a lot, is um, I lost some trust in the coaching industry because yes. I invested so much and I was still stagnating. I so much into courses and coaches and I felt reluctant to invest more because I no longer knew who could help me because I'd invested so much already. Does that make sense? Does that resonate? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So there's a sense that you're playing safe and, but you don't know how to break out to the next level. Mm. Okay. So how to navigate that? It's quite simple. You've got to let go of whatever ah. you're clinging to. You've got to let go of the ledge. Let go of the ledge. And whatever it is that you're holding on to that is keeping you so-called, you know, inverted commas, here safe, it's also keeping mm. you very small. And that's why you're stagnating. So I say take the leap. Get that's the what yeah, I'm gonna can I say this on your podcast? You've got to bum rush your fears. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. You've yeah. got to. You've got to do that. You've got to wake up that little prince or princess that's inside of you that is currently just, you know, filing an hours and relaxing. You, mm. You've got to snap yourself out of this, like wake the subconscious back up. So what I mean by letting go of the ledge, well, it's different for everybody. It depends on what your ledge is. But for a lot of people, it could be actually making the next level investment in the business. It might mean breaking up from a toxic relationship that you're kind of you're very aware it's not right, but you're staying because it's safe or comfortable. Yeah, it could be actually finding an accountant and finally sorting your money out. Um, It could be like creating your podcast or creating a a collaboration or an event or outsourcing and hiring in help in your business. Um, It Mm. could be for a lot of people who are building their business as a side hustle and have been doing it for a while. It could be to actually quit your full-time nine-to-five and actually go all in. So there's lots of ledges that people are using as sort of safety nets 
but they are false, false ledges. Mm. Got to let go. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is... (laughs) I think this is the one I'm on, actually. Yeah, yeah, that and, um, was my biggest, my biggest doozy. Yeah, I, I kind of like teetering on the edge with the toes hanging over the ledge. That's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So thank you, Sonia. That was excellent, and yeah, completely resonates for me for sure. So I hope yeah. they do with you. You know, listening from home. So if you're listening at home and a listener's nodding away, <laughs> identifying with what you're saying, yeah. what would be your advice to them? Obviously, it depends, I guess, on, on which stage of gatekeeper they are. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they need to identify, am I at the plateau? If I am, then great. Now's the time to start creating and implementing all this stuff that I've learned and be patient with the progress because it's a journey. Um, the second mm. stage, the dark night of the soul, just pour on so much self-love and compassion and, and naps and just be really gentle. And then the third one is, you know, identify what area it is that you are you you need to let go of or mm. leap into. Because, you know, I always believe, and I'm sure this is your experience too, that whenever you actually take the leap and do that thing that you've been putting off because of fear, A, it's never as scary as you imagined it would be or to be. And B, the ground just seems to come up to meet you. So whilst Mm. it feels like you're diving into this horrendous abyss and there's, you know, you're just going to leap and fall when you finally make that move providence happens you know the ground will rise to meet you the next step will unfold in front of you it's waiting it is waiting for you yeah So you know it's just do the thing you fear the most and you will be amazed at what unfolds that has just been my 100% experience and you know when I talk to other people and my clients it's just that's always what happens they just can't believe what's you know it was there all along yeah okay that's reassuring actually that's good to know maybe maybe I'll take a step further today and I encourage you you two at home as well yeah absolutely so tonight I want to ask you what you're curious about now like what's next for you before we finish the show oh great question what am I curious about I think for me it's Having gone through, like we just mentioned a bit earlier, having gone through this period of lockdown, mm. how things are going to play out in the bigger picture. Like I just want so much to see more people awakening to who they really yes. are, being more authentic, more light workers, more creatives, more healers, more coaches, just expressing themselves. Yes. Oh, uh, my and, goodness. Yes. Yeah. So it's Amen. a sense of the show up people <laughs> the world yeah. needs more of you and and the what we've just been through is evidence of that and and uh, amanda i just know I, I just feel it as well that you're so right that it's the light is shining through yeah. uh, so i guess what i'm curious about is how this is all going to play out and i hope it plays out in the way that um you know in the expansive way gosh yeah absolutely i totally second that yeah Okay, so I thank you so much for joining oh, us today. Thank it's been, you, Amanda. <laughs> it's been a fantastic conversation. 
Um, so listen, where before you chip off, where can we find you online and how can we connect with you? Um, well, you can find me on Facebook, Sanai Floyd 19. I think my personal profile is um, Sanai Floyd 19 on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn and my website's www.sanaifloyd.com. Fantastic. Yeah, Thank amazing. you. Thank you so much. Thank you, my love. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I always get insights when I talk oh, to you and I hate Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you've got some insights at home. Do check out Sanai's um, content. Go and check out her programs. I can highly recommend it. And if, equally, if you want to message me and ask me questions, do that. If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave a review and share the love on social. And it's been swell hanging out with you this first series. If you want to keep hanging out, visit Creative Women's Mastermind and look for the Solopreneur Social and Online Meetup and I'll connect with you there. And thanks for bearing with me during the season. I have treated it as an experiment and it's been fun. It's been a big learning curve and I've loved it. So I'll be back in September, October time, depending on the move back to Blighty. But I will see you soon for season two.